Okay, welcome to the second episode of Intro Vertical colon The Jiggle Talks with me, Miguel. Um, it's been like, I think like a week-ish since the last episode. And I just wanted to thank everyone who took a listen to the first episode of The Jiggle Talks. And it really means a lot to me that people are willing to listen to what I think about things and willing to put up with my problem with articulation. <laughs> um, this week's honestly felt like such a blur. Like it's gone by so, so fast. Like I just wake up every day, drink my coffee, hop on my PS4 and then I play and then I eat lunch, hop on the PS4, eat dinner, hop on the PS4. And that was literally like the whole week. But yeah, that was like partially due to my like huge lack of inspiration this week. Like I didn't really want to do anything creative or uh, not too much active. But I, I was still going on the treadmill and stuff just to like kind of get my blood flowing a little bit. But there wasn't really anything pushing me to work on a project or do anything of that matter. But yeah, I did get a couple of PS4 games done. I've been playing, I finished God of War the 2018 version and I finished Uncharted 1 and I'm clearly currently playing Uncharted 2 and I also got FIFA and FIFA career mode has been eating up my time as well and yeah like my sleeping schedule is like so messed right now like it's uh I'm sleeping at like 3 a.m and then waking up at 8 a.m just so I can like start a routine just wake up at around 8 or 9 and it feels nice but still like it doesn't feel very productive what else have I been doing? Yeah, I've just we ran out of orange juice. My family ran out of orange juice recently, so I've been just been downing some almond milk. Silk almond milk. Smooth like silk. Silk almond milk. But yeah, that that stuff's really tasty. And with all this time and like not much to do, like I've been doing like a lot of like window shopping. Window shopping as in like like uh tab shopping, I guess. Like, I've just been buying way too much stuff for my own good. Uh, I just need to stop doing that. Um, but, like, also, like, as of recently, like, I just... I feel like yesterday, I, like, just got my inspiration back. Like, I took a couple of dance classes on Studio North TV. And one class from the Build Up Virtual Experience from Jerome. And I just feel like I'm ready to, like, kind of, you know explode into creativity and kind of just keep learning and creating so i'm really happy that's back but really not that much went on this week since i last talked to you guys also in addition to this like huge lack of inspiration my huge lapse in inspiration uh i realized that i was going on social media a lot more um especially my instagram and i remember it kind of takes me back to the time where i was just like super like tuned into instagram like i was on there for like maybe like an hour a day and that's like that sounds really bad but i feel like a lot of people actually are on instagram that long nowadays or like not even like instagram anymore like tiktok i guess i guess it's a new thing um but yeah like i remember at the time it was like last semester i think a year ago already no not even a year ago it was just uh, a semester ago so like in january not not January, November. So November, I was like on my Instagram like every single day for like an hour at least. And I was just like liking everything. And like I was one of those people that just liked everything. Like I, I went through each photo in my feed. 
until I got to the bottom where I left off, but I made sure to like everything. And I guess that was just like a kind of like an unhealthy relationship with it. Just because I don't even know why I was liking everything, but I just like decided to. And then final season came. And for finals, like I'm the kind of person that likes to, I guess, have like the least amount of pain during studying. So I just kind of leave it to like one or two days uh, till the exam. And then I just rely on my memory because I have pretty good memory. I just rely on my memory to kind of just remember everything and just carry me through the exam. Um, but I remember for this exam period specifically, I had four exams right in a row like four straight days and I was just like super stressed because I just didn't have time to like go on Instagram or anything so I just like went on complete shutdown so then I'd take my first exam which I studied like a day for and then I'd finish that one and then right after that one I'd stay at school and studied for like seven hours straight until I went back to school the next morning to do the exam for that class and I just did that over and over again and then Ever since those exams ended, like, my relationship with social media was just, like, so different. It was, like, drastically different just because I felt like I didn't need to check or I didn't need to like everything. And, like, ever since then, it's just been, like, so, how would you even call this, like, so relaxed, I guess, or relaxed relationship with social media. It's kind of like I used to spend, like, an hour on social media each day or on, like, Instagram specifically. And now, like, I can't even stay on Instagram for, like, more than five minutes, which is really crazy. Like, I can, I can't even go through my feed, like, my whole feed anymore just because, like, I don't really, I just felt, don't find anything interesting in it anymore. And that's interesting because I used to find all my news through Instagram, with, even though, like, I follow, like, fashion accounts and, like, just, uh, like, my friends and stuff. It's where I got my news and everything. But I guess maybe it's just because I have more time and I, I'm i learning from the actual news now. But I just think, like, this started, like, in January and I just didn't like anything. I didn't comment on anything. I, like, I wasn't even on my phone anymore. And it was just, like, a crazy shift in my life. And, like, now, I like, ever since that exam period, like, I've just been so, like, anti-phone. I don't know, not really anti-phone. Like, I still use my phone every day. But, like, I've just been so, like, like my usage hasn't been as heavy. And it's just, like, it it's acting as something that's kind of, it instead of, like, engulfing my life, it was kind of enriching it, in a sense. Because I just got to see what my friends were doing in their daily lives. And I guess, like, that's how it all started out for, for when I started out on Instagram. But also, I think it's, like, a lot of people. And I think that's what the platform is meant for, just to keep updated and everything. But I think nowadays is just like shifting towards, I don't know, not really flexing, but just like showing just like random stuff. I don't even know what the purpose of Instagram is anymore, but there's so many different uses for it. And I think it's just like it's changing for me constantly. And even like, yeah, just like related to my like decreased usage, like me and Erica would be on on dates and then I'd she'd be on her Twitter and everything and I wouldn't want to be on my phone anymore. So then I would just like sit and stare at her even though she's on her Twitter. And like it was, it's it's fine on her side because uh, we used to just like go on our Instagram or whatever, like if we're waiting for food. But then like when that shift changed, when that shift happened, it was just like awkward because it was just like her on her Twitter and me just like sitting, looking, drinking water, you know? But yeah. This is such a random story. I went off on a tangent, but 
nowadays a lot of people are realizing the value of social media and like how it's really related to connectivity between people and interaction and now that we can't really interact with people face to face and it's just making the platforms more i don't know transparent not necessarily transparent but um, it's kind of more transparent to see what the platforms are actually used for instead of uh, trying to display your brand or display what you buy or display all these other things and I think just for me now it's just about sharing like usually when I'm on Instagram I'm usually about to like just like post something like what I'm up to and all that but yeah like if you're listening to this I just encourage you to rethink your relationship with social media and like I'm not asking you to like let go of it but just like rethink it because like I know when everything's kind of shifting back to normal I think a lot of people are just going to be away from it and they're just going to realize how much face-to-face interaction and all these other activities that are not on your phone uh, like mean to people and how much enjoyment it brings to people. So yeah, just something to think about. So just like the last episode, we're going to do a little Q&A from my Instagram at MiggleJiggle. So the first question is, who's your favorite Pokemon? So I'm kind of like a new school Pokemon guy. I My first Pokemon game was Pokemon Platinum. Uh, so that was like the one with uh, Garatina on the cover. And it was like released alongside Diamond and Pearl. So my favorite Pokemon uh, is from that gen, I think. So it's a Gibble. So I, I grew up like watching the uh, Pokemon series on TV. I think it was YTV. Yeah, YTV. Channel 25, I think it was. But yeah, YTV. So Ash had a Gibble and like it was he was just one of those like Pokemon or those characters that was just like up to no good. And it was just like hilarious, you know. I also have another one from like an older gen. Uh it's a uh, one of the starter Pokemon. His name's Trico. And he was also one of Ash's Pokemon. And this guy was just like so cool. Like he just had like one of those Pokemon. Or like it, he acted like a person. So like he was one of those people that just kind of like you looked at him and like you could just see their composure and then they're just like yo yo not like yo but like he's just like he's so cool he just has that vibe so yeah trico and like trico had this little like straw that he'd like hold in his mouth like kind of like a lollipop or like a toothpick i was just hanging out of his mouth yeah that guy was so swaggy but then he like evolved to grow vile and septile and then he got kind of ugly but you know trico's like trico's the one Alrighty, and the next question is, or more of like a topic, uh, it's the effects of dance attire when dancing. Um, this is really interesting for me, actually, because I'm the guy that wears shorts and t-shirt every single time, and I'm the guy that wishes that they could like kind of like dress nice or dress cool when they dance, but I'm also one of those people that like sweat a lot. And it just like it's just really uncomfortable if I'm wearing a lot of clothing. And like I'm so like envious of those people that can like dress really swaggy and like, you know, dress like really swaggy and dress in layers and all that. And especially now, like there's like a this like trend I guess not really a trend, it's just like a fashion fashion shift. Like a lot of the dancers are wearing like sweatsuits, sweatpants and like baggy sweatpants and sweatsuits and like and it's also funny because I don't really know why they're called sweatpants. Like if they're supposed to like absorb sweat or if they're supposed to like make you sweat or if they're just like for exercise. But like whenever I wear like uh, sweatsuits or like hoodies or 
sweatpants or whatever like i just get super warm and that just like affects my whole body temperature and that's the thing also with me it's just like even if i'm just wearing a uh, simple t-shirt and shorts like i'm still very very warm but yeah it's really different for everyone else Um, i think the most important thing in that topic is that you can move like if you look at korean fashion and all the uh, k-pop idols like some of them are wearing like skin tight jeans and I think it makes sense because it's kind of like a second skin on you if you're dancing. But like some people, like if they wear like really stiff material stuff like leather or all those kinds of things, I think that really kind of hinders your ability to dance. And I think, yeah, I think the most important thing is that you can move because you need to move when you're dancing. And I think the looks kind of come second. They always should come second when it comes to dance. But yeah, it's just how you feel. Um, and I think also uh what you wear can also affect kind of the persona you have like even if like you're trying to like dance kind of like swaggy or whatever if you have like a hat with like a a low brim or like a hoodie hoodie on it's just like you kind of exemplify that persona and it's just kind of more convincing to do that um compared to as when i would be wearing like a t-shirt and shorts and i'm trying to like dance all cool or whatever but i'm just wearing like active wear stuff but yeah it definitely helps like if you know what kind of piece you're going into it's it's nice to kind of just like get into the mood by dressing for the part but yeah i think there's also like different implications for it like if you're going to an audition you should probably be wearing like something brighter or something recognizable just so like the people who are judging the audition will remember you better there's definitely more implications like that where dance really is affected by what you're wearing in addition to that like competitions like uh i know there was this one time it was erica and i had a duo and we were competing the duo oh not not even that it was a uh, it was our small team so then our small team was competing and then one of the judges was like really dress shirts with adidas pants and i was just like oh (laughs) yeah it's a mistake like uh in retrospect but it's just funny to think about how um, judges and competitions take a look at what you're wearing in your costume and um especially like high school competitions like not a lot of high school students are like working and they expect to have like really clean costumes and all that so it's very tough and um shout out to my parents for helping me with that when i was on the come up in the high school dance scene what else can i think of affects the dance attire when dancing Um, trying to think yeah so i can't think of any more but yeah just like just to reiterate like i think wearing what's comfortable for you is just the most important thing because it's your body you're the one that's going to be moving to the music so Finding what's comfortable for you over time is really important. Um, If I had to give some advice for the sweaty boys out there, 100% cotton is not the best option for t-shirts and all that. Try to invest in like dry fit shirts. They're a bit more expensive, but they actually work very well. And if you're dancing in a team, uh, you never know what kind of exercises you guys will be doing. So I've had times where I'd wear sneakers that were comfortable for dancing, but then our coaches would tell us to go on a run outside and then my feet would just like kill. So just make sure you know um, what kind of shoes are appropriate for what kind of activities you're doing, what kind of dance you're doing. And yeah, just be respectful in your dress. And that's all I got to say on that.
Okay, so the last topic from my Instagram requests. Um, this one's a pretty heavy one. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. Uh, it says, since we're both dancers, I kind of want to hear how you cope with all the hardships from dancing, if you ever experienced any, but I'm sure we all have, such as discouragement, strict parents, or relationship issues. This is pretty crazy because like a lot of these things I really had a time and a half with. So discouragement, I dealed with a lot of discouragement, I think, just as I started studio, because like, not to sound like full of myself or anything, but like, by the time I joined studio, like I knew like I had some skill, like I was like decent, or good. Yeah, I was good. Sure. I was good. But once I entered like the studio dance scene, like I just realized like, how big the community is and how great other people are. And there's a certain point where I kind of everyone that I was looking up to and everything that was great that was being done by all these great people in the community like it was just kind of discouraging me like telling me in my head like my own head saying like oh you're not good enough or you'll never get to this level or these people are getting these opportunities and all that and I think that was just such like an unhealthy mindset that I had back then but like believe it or not like that really unhealthy mindset just like motivated me as toxic as it was and I'm sure like a lot of people and a lot of dancers deal with toxic mindsets, especially in something that's so out there nowadays. Like people are posting concept videos, dance videos, dance tutorials, like everywhere, every which way, every every which angle. So it's kind of hard not to compare yourself and kind of hard not to compare your progress with someone else's. And I think that's where you have to kind of dig deep and realize that everyone's really different. And someone's skill might not be your skill. Your skill might not be someone else's skill. <laughs> I need to learn how to re- learn how to rephrase that. But um, yeah, like that was a lot of the discouragement I got when I first started out, especially in studio dancing. And like, yeah, it was just like very toxic. Like all these things, all these great opportunities that I should have been happy for with my friends and like people in the community. Like I was just like, telling myself like oh man like I just can't I can't be happy for them because I wished it was something that I could achieve and it kind of turned into this like envious situation and I really which I really like hate about that time is just because how I was thinking and yeah it just goes back to comparing yourself and healthy comparison my coaches have talked to me a lot about this is um it's okay to compare yourself to other people, but it's just like the way you use that. If you use it as motivation or if you use it to degrade yourself or if you use it to, you know, just improve the way you you work. And I think that's how it should be in this community just because we're all on our own journey and we all dance different. It's like, it's not like an objective thing most of the time. It's like, the most objective dance gets really is like if you can get the choreo clean and whatnot but like that's about it like everyone dances differently like if you put on a song someone's gonna dance differently than you so there's also been times where i think the biggest like discouragement i've gotten is like a bad audition so i i did have one really bad audition so it was like my first 
uh, studio audition. And this was like grade nine. So this was the year before I I made the team. So grade nine, I auditioned for the studio team. And I went and then I just kind of got through the class. I got through the choreo. And then once I got up into groups, like I just like froze. Like my mind just like went straight up in the air. And all I saw was like white and like time just like stopped because like uh the music was playing and then like i did the first move and then like my body just stopped moving and then i was just like standing there trying to like kind of like wiggle my uh appendages until i kind of got the groove of the music and i was doing that thing where like you just like look at the other people who are actually getting it and then try to like catch up but yeah that was really scarring and um so yeah that happened and I remember, like, I came back from that audition. And I was just, like, so discouraged because I knew I totally could have done better. But it just didn't happen that day. Even worse was that, like, right after the audition, like, I was going to get a ride from my parents. And then I think they were, like, uh, like 40 minutes late. So I was just, like, sitting outside just reflecting on my bad audition. Oh, such a mess. It's a good story, though, because um, the year after I came back and I made the team in grade 10 so I'm pretty happy about that and that's what's kind of catapulted me into studio dance yeah but to sum up that topic I think it's just remembering that it's okay to be discouraged but you're gonna have to get up one way or another if you want to reach the point that you want to be and it's just about getting up and kind of doing better than you think you could have done beforehand and it's just you know take two steps backward oh (laughs) i messed that up one step backward two step forward so just kind of thinking of it like that it's just uh it's just a setback and like a really long line of things that you're gonna be working hard towards and i know some people some people just wait or they they go through like this huge like slump of discouragement and just all these things like coming at them and like attacking them, not attacking them, not physically attacking them, just kind of like getting in the way of them and their goals. But it's just a testament to if you reach that goal, then that just means that you were destined for it and that you're willing to work hard enough for it. And sometimes like setbacks and discouragement are what you need in order for something new to start. Some people like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll tell this story. Um, so I was working my first job at 16. It was at a KFC. And then like I was just working like maybe like five hours. I think like five to ten hours a weekend. So I was like not that much. But um, so I was working and then uh, dance competitions started hitting. And then so the competitions were like three weeks in a row. So there was like I think like AE, then some Surrey Dance Festival, I think. And then one other competition that I can't name off the top of my head so I tried to book off like three weekends straight which is when I work so then I came into work one day the shift after I requested it and the request uh, process was just kind of writing it down on a timesheet and then signing your name and then I come into work the next time my next scheduled shift and they're like oh Miguel I have to talk to you and I was like okay okay, I'm just gonna get ready. I'm gonna get changed into my work clothes. And then I come back, come back into my manager's office. And then she's like, oh, like you have 
all these requests for time off and our district manager saw this and didn't find it acceptable so i've already like what do you call it oh terminated your contract she's like oh i've already terminated your contract uh so please give me those work clothes and yeah we'll send you your last paycheck and i was just like so distraught after that like i was so sad like i really didn't know what to do so i i was working in surrey like there's a kfc in surrey and then i transited all the way to waterfront and then just like sat at waterfront like by the the convention center and just like sat there in like sadness and it was just like one of the worst feelings in like the world i was just like it was like someone like just like punched me in the gut you know but like worse <laughs> um yeah that was like one of the, like the most traumatic days of my life but going back to the point that was also the day where it made me realize how much dance meant to me and how much time dance really required for me to get to that next level and at the time like I was just working so I could just kind of have like couple extra bucks you know yeah it kind of turned me around and I started focusing more on my dance in the studio and also at um at the at my high school and it just like I feel like that really turned my whole like dance career around and if that's not a testament to like overcoming discouragement then I don't know what is um but you know it's just a job you'll find more jobs like I'm employed now so I got over it but yeah it's just another hurdle and some things some hurdles are meant to redirect you like I know there's so many stories about people like going into the wrong career and then finding their dream job afterwards and whatnot but you know you get the point now yeah just just discouragement it's okay to dwell on in the present but once it's been like more than like a day or whatever you just have to realize like there's more things you could be doing right now and dwelling on it even more is not going to help you reach your goal so yeah so discouragement is really hard to deal with whether it be internal or from external sources but yeah you know don't let discouragement get the best of you okay so the next topic is strict parents which is gonna get a little dicey because my parents actually listen to my podcast, which is really nice. <laughs> but yeah, I was brought up in a household where strictly Catholic. And I think my parents growing up, they kind of emphasized high academic, academia, academic, uh, I don't know. Let's say like they, they set some high academic standards and not like directly, but it was just kind of like a feeling that they wanted you or they wanted me to like be really good in my grades and whatnot um, which makes sense um, like I alluded to last time like I think that like immigrant hustle and all those kind of things play into this it that hasn't really changed like even now as a university student they're very focused on my success in my studies but when I went into high school that was when I started dancing and going into dancing they were really supportive of it they paid for a lot of my costumes, paid for a lot of my trips, and I really appreciate that from from them and all the, how they supported my journey and uh, realizing that I wouldn't be where I am right now without them entirely because they, they birthed me. Um, but I think once I reached university, that was when things kind of changed. That was when our visions kind of weren't in the same stream, but they kind of diverged. 
and I know it was because of school. So school is, like I said, very important to them, and it's important to me as well. Uh, like I touched on in the last episode, how um, not a lot of people get get to experience um, even like a basic elementary or secondary or even post-secondary education. So I'm very, 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 very grateful for it. But I think it's very different once you get into university because once you get into university, those grades can affect your job prospecting. It's also paid for by my parents. So my parents are paying for my tuition. And I know they don't want to see that hard-earned money go to waste. So I think that's when, at that point, our kind of visions just misaligned. And I still wanted to take dance seriously, even though I wasn't dancing every single day. I still wanted to do a team. I still wanted to do all these things. But yeah, like our paths did not really coincide. And it was really hard to get to them or to reach uh, a middle ground with them just because they're so focused on my studies. And I'm just trying to kind of fit in both. And I know that's because... They want me to give my 100% to to my studies. And they think that if I'm giving somewhat of a percentage to dancing, then it's going to be diverting all that energy, all that time, all that effort away from the studies. So it's going to suffer. And I completely understand that. But I just thought they'd know that I'd not leave school behind like that. And I thought they would like kind of trust me to succeed in both things and I expected that trust and that expectation and it just wasn't met to my envisioned standard and it led to a lot of like arguments and just like disagreements about all these like things like trips or competitions not until recently like we kind of communicated finally how we really feel about these two things like coinciding and I don't want to get too deep into that but I know a lot of people that have asked me for advice on dealing with strict parents and how to keep dancing even though they want them to stop and focus on their studies and I think what helped me kind of reach a middle ground with my parents is proof you know like prove it eh. um, but I think our parents are First of all, they're strict because they care. That's something I want to emphasize, especially to my parents that are listening, please. <laughs> um, if you're strict, that just means you care. Um, I think I'd rather prefer strict parents than parents that kind of just left me to do whatever I wanted. Because I think them being strict kind of guided me into doing the right things at some times and kind of directing my path to non-anti-social life anti-social as in like deviance and crime whatever but yeah you know my parents I know they just want the best for me and that's why they're so direct in wanting me to succeed in everything that I do but more importantly succeed in my academic studies academic studies my academics and I think again like I don't want to disappoint them and I don't want them to move here for nothing and me not get the education that I was brought here to take in and succeed in but also like I think you have to communicate with them very well I was not very good at that I was not good at communicating how much dance really meant to me and how much I wanted it to be a part of my life um where am I going with this but yeah like I was saying like proof 
I know a lot of the parents that are strict and that don't want their kids dancing too much or want them to stop altogether, they have this kind of set out blueprint that they want you to follow. And anything um, straying from that exact blueprint is going to cause problems. And that's the way it was with me. But I think it's about providing the proof that you'll actually be able to do both things. So that was the problem with me is that my parents didn't really know if I could juggle working, dancing, studying. And I think I've just tried to do as much as I could to prove them wrong. And I think that's the most important thing. If they have a plan for you, you have to show them your plan and you have to show them what steps you're taking towards it. Because you can say all you want, like, oh, I'm gonna, mom, I'm gonna drop out of college and I'm gonna become a TikTok star. But you can't really say that to your parents and then not succeed in it. You can't just like tell them that and then not have anything to back them up. Like if you're going to say that to your parents, you should probably have like a million followers on TikTok or something and then move on, move into a TikTok house or whatever, whatever they do these days. But you know what I mean? Like you just need to prove it. And that's really important. Like in anything, justification comes in action and in proof. In my case, I think recently... I was just showing to my parents like my report cards. I think report cards are some of the easiest things to to prove. You know, grades are reflective of your work ethic. So if you're upset about your grades and you want to keep dancing and all of that kind of stuff and your parents are emphasizing your grades, then you have to put in that work so you can get those grades up and so you can dance. And you need to be able to put in work into both. Because if you're only putting work into dancing and you're just kind of like chilling with school then it's going to be harder to prove that you actually will like succeed in your studies and also succeed in your dance because you're only kind of putting a lot of work and time into your your dancing and I think that was a problem with me as well is that my parents weren't seeing me study all the time but they would always see me come home late from practice or leave for workshops and whatnot and yeah it's just about proof like recently, um, praise the Lord, I got Dean's List, which is like pretty good GPA. So I'm pretty happy about that. And like my motivation for getting good grades is like so I can dance pretty much so I can prove to my parents that I can actually study and dance and work at the same time. Um, strict parents, I know you might hate them. You might love them. But I just know like if they're strict that they definitely care. And I think with the the right communication, you can definitely sculpt that into a compromise between you two and with proof and with all these other things that you can do to build trust in that relationship and build a bond and build an agreement between you two. I think there shouldn't be much of a problem getting what you want, which is dancing. Alrighty, and the last one is relationship issues. So I don't, I'm not sure if this is referring to like romantic relationships or like just like friendships, but ever since I got into dance, like I've made like a majority of like my friends and acquaintances through dance. And it's just such an easy way to like meet people. Like you think about it, just go to class and then just like tell someone like, oh, you did so good, good job. And then like, you'll just know them and then you'll keep seeing them at other classes in the same week, same time, and you'll just get like familiarated 
familiar familiarated that's a word familiarated with the familiar with that person i just like it's so much easier to make friends especially if your friends are like friends with other people it's just so much easier to have like a middleman and just you know make friends especially with the social media like dance like all these like all these certain ways you can make friends like just like tagging people in posts or tagging them in stories and whatnot and yeah like i didn't really have too much beef with anyone in teams like i'm very uh quiet so i don't really talk too much around people and i just kind of have to wait for people to approach me so i'm not really one to get down dirty with the beef or like or any kind of drama or anything like that but i think the furthest i had like relationship issues like romantic wise is so if you you know my girlfriend she's also a dancer uh we went to the same high school and we also danced on the same hip-hop team so i think that was like the biggest like issues we had a lot of the issues were just like dating within the team i think that was just like the biggest issue and i think that's a big issue in a lot of teams and i think some teams like have policies on that just like no dating within the team and it makes sense because like once that relationship is severed then kind of digs like kind of builds like a blockade and like that person's close friends are not going to be as close with that person's close friends and it just kind of cascades down the team and it kind of transcends throughout the team so i guess that's why there's so many concerns about me and my girlfriend dating in our teams but yeah recently we had our four-year anniversary so woo, yes um yeah relationship issues it's definitely i don't know if you're looking for like a significant other but it's definitely hard now that i think about it like me and erica's like relationship was like a fluke because we we danced uh, we started dancing together in grade eight and then we didn't start dating until grade 10 so we knew each other for a little bit and then it just happened um if you're looking for any relationship advice just like off the top of my head just don't just don't look for it just don't look for it just wait for it to happen because i think once you start looking for it and then you start forcing things the more often things are going to turn out not very well and they're going to kind of go beyond your expectation not go beyond ex- your expectation in a good way but it'll kind of it'll be deceiving because you're gonna think things are gonna be going one way you expect things to happen this way you expect things to work out but then they just don't end up working out and that's kind of depressing i'm sorry but um i'll, still, I'll tell you a quick little story so when it was i just got out of this like thing with this girl and then I told myself, you know what, I'm just not gonna look for a love interest anymore because like, I'm tired of it. Like it's just like not worth my time. I should focus on school, focus on dance. So this was like grade ten, and then all of a sudden, like I just had this like dream, and it was like an epiphany, and like it didn't. I don't know if it felt like divine or anything. I had a dream. It was just like a simple, simple, simple dream, and like Erica popped up. And then ever since, like, after that day, I just, like, I just couldn't stop thinking about her. And it was weird because, like, we weren't really seeing each other much besides practice. And we weren't seeing each other, like, much because we didn't have any, like, classes together or anything. Not until the second semester, I don't think. But after that dream, I just, like, couldn't stop thinking about her. And then I just kind of, like, went on and on and on. And then eventually, like, she liked me back. And I was just like, yay! And then, yeah, 
here we are four years later um yeah that's my advice just don't look for it just wait for things to happen um the more you look for it the more things are forced the more things are gonna kind of bend away from your expectations so just keep that in mind and also just know that like your time will come it's if it's destined it's destined you know a lot of people want a relationship now especially when they're a teenager just to kind of experience it get into a groove of uh how relationships work and even like find the significant other they'll be with for a while but like you know not everyone needs one not everyone needs one at this time especially i saw this like funny post on instagram it's like this quarantine really gonna be like the deciding factor of like couples or whatnot i think it's like breakup season right breakup season's like spring yeah so yeah it's interesting factoid but yeah that's my advice so i think i'm gonna end it there for the podcast i went kind of deep into some of these topics and i really appreciate all those listening and i'd really appreciate your feedback on what i can improve on and anything you'd want me to talk about just feel free to hit me up in the dm or comment on one of my posts and i'll make sure to get right back to you and uh, i really appreciate you listening Uh, before i go let you know some songs of the week Uh, first one is angel by tom mish and what's his name loyal garner carner loyal carner angel by loyal carner and tom mish that song's in fifa and i I listened to it and i was just like yo this is like my springtime song that one and also um the whole division album is just so beautiful chef's kiss very nice very soothing my kind of music so slow r&b ting I don't really have like a hype track for this week. Travis Scott just came out with something. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Make sure to stay social distanced, socially distanced, did oh, socially distanced, and socially distant. And yeah, please tune in next time for my next episode. Bye.